everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Relationship Globe podcast. And this is the podcast that's focused on building relationships and recovering from relationship fails, including the relationship with yourself. It is episode 20, when fighting in relationships can be a good thing. Episode 20, I can't believe it. I started the process of recording podcasts in the summer of last year. And I probably have been putting out about two episodes on average a month, but I think that is okay considering some of the other things that I have going on. So I'm happy that we've reached this point. I'm happy that I've been able to create episodes for you guys that hopefully have been able to help you. Today, I wanted to go over a topic of discussion that many people are super stumped and intimidated by, but would benefit immensely from to learn about and apply. As you know, I'm your host, Tracy Contreras, and I am a certified life coach specializing in relationships and breakups. I also have 10 years of providing therapy therapy services and have helped many people improve their overall sense of well-being and mental health. The name of the game here is to help women create healthier relationships, stop toxic dating mistakes, and improve their overall well-being. Today, what I'm going to talk about is anger and fighting and why anger and fighting are not always a bad thing. In fact, anger and fighting can be seen as tools to help improve relationships. Now. When it comes to relationships, we all want to do the fun and easy stuff. That stuff is what we all want. And all the time, 24-7, all the sexy, fun, easy stuff. We don't want any problems. It's human nature to just want to avoid problems. But this is a topic that a lot of people can get confused about. And they're intimidated by it. But once people learn about anger and learn about how they can fight effectively, they can see that they can build lots of connection and understanding in their relationships. It doesn't always have to be a pain in the ass. So here we go. First, let's talk about anger. I want to propose and share a concept that many people may not have considered ever, but I want you to reflect on it and consider it now. Anger can be a tool for change. We're starting with this point of pain because many people are afraid of anger or they want to avoid anger when it comes to having a fight. When there's a conflict or problems within relationships or dating, people are afraid of anger. A lot of people think that they're going to lose control, that they will say terrible things, that they will act out or become violent or become aggressive and do all a bunch of ugly things. But anger, unlike aggression, is not about hurting other people. Anger can be used as a tool to help steer you in a different direction. So let's get that point out of the way. Anger is not the same as aggression and anger is not always about hurting other people and it can actually be a good tool. Let's go into this a little bit more deeply. Anger is a signal or sign of sorts. 
Yes, it's a feeling, but anger is a signal from your brain that something isn't right and that something needs to change. Most often, anger is a signal that some type of rule you have for yourself or others has been broken or violated. Thus, something is not right here. Let me repeat. Anger is related to having a thought that something isn't right, someone broke your rules, or that even you broke your own rules. But what is also true is that when you think that something isn't right and that something needs to change, this can be a feeling that can motivate you to take action in your life and address problems head on when they arise. It's okay to be angry sometimes and sometimes this feeling is super valid. But it can also be an effective tool to use in your relationships. For example, if you're angry that your partner might have forgotten your anniversary, this is an opportunity to share your feeling and maybe a request that you want to have this special day acknowledged. It's a need that you want to share. You can share your feeling in a mindful way and in a way that may promote future connection that in the way that you hope. So anger can definitely be a tool in that sense because it can motivate you to have deep and meaningful conversations so things might be able to change in a positive way that can promote your relationships. Aggression, on the other hand, is about hurting people. Sometimes people can be aggressive towards others without necessarily having to be angry with them. We can see that people do things all the time that are meant to hurt others without involving the emotion of anger. Sometimes we see things on the news that there's been some type of senseless crime. And most likely, there was no premeditated motive of anger. It's just something that happened. That person was aggressive. So having anger necessarily does not mean that you will act out in aggression or do something crazy to hurt a loved one when you're feeling angry. Anger and aggression are not the same thing. So keeping that in mind, you can experience anger without having to hurt your partners or loved ones. You can be angry and have meaningful, mindful conversations that help solve problems and help build love. I'll share some ideas about this later on. Now let's talk about conflicts and fighting, arguments, whatever words you tend to use. Consider this idea. Conflicts can help you grow and build your relationship. Just like anger can be seen as a tool, so can the actual experience of having a conflict, a fight, or an argument. Conflict is inevitable in relationships, in life, in general. Conflict is something that we're all meant to face. But when it comes to relationships, conflicts can actually be a good thing. And here's why. Conflicts can help you get to know each other better over time. Over time, you can see the way your partner reacts in an argument or conflict, and this can give you important insights into their personality, their character, their views and values, what's important to them, which may not have been apparent at first. For example, 
If your partner tends to be more introverted in general, they might respond to conflict by being more quiet and withdrawing into themselves. If they tend to be more expert, extroverted, maybe they might react by talking more than usual. By paying attention to how your partner responds during conflicts, you learn new things about them. You learn what's important to them. You gain important information for improving how you communicate with one another in the future. Additionally, you learn about your partner's behavior and argument style during conflicts, and this can help you improve how you handle arguments and increase the odds of resolving them in a successful manner. Conflicts can also help you learn to be more empathetic. Empathy is defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. When we set out to really listen to our partners, We can empathize with our partners during conflicts. And when we can put ourselves in their shoes, we're better able to understand where they're coming from and what their needs are, which means we'll likely have an easier time meeting those needs if we're mindful. For example, giving them space when they need it, holding them when they're upset. It could be quite a few things. Conversely, When we don't listen, when we don't try to understand, when we don't try to empathize with our partners during conflicts, or worse yet, when we disregard their feelings or invalidate their experiences, then it's much harder for us to build trust over time because our partners don't feel seen or heard by us, which could lead them towards resentment or bitterness towards us down the line. It could lead them to feel resentment in that bitterness. conflicts can also help you learn more about yourself it can build more self-awareness self-awareness is defined as having a clear perception of yourself or your personality and understanding how others see you for example i'm a bit quiet and maybe i want to stay towards certain particular places or people or experiences. Maybe my partner might be more affectionate and maybe they're okay with less. There's just various examples where you can see the differences between you and your partner. When you are self-aware, you're able to see how you show up in the relationship and how this impacts your partner and the relationship as a whole. When you're self-aware, you're able to figure out what to do next in a much more helpful way. So these are just some ideas where conflict can be a good thing and it can help grow and build your relationship. Another point to remember is that it's okay to have conflicting needs. Conflict isn't always a bad sign. In fact, It can be a healthy indicator that the people involved are being themselves and they're showing up to this relationship. They're not as afraid to express what they need. And it is part of the human experience that not everyone is the same and not everyone will have the same preferences, characteristics, and qualities. So it's only natural that differences in relationships will come up. So it's not always a bad thing. Having conflicting needs is not always a bad thing. 
The irony, though, is that the more you fight, the more important it is to understand and respect your partner's needs and the differences that you both have. So this is key. Yes, arguing and fighting can be a tool for improving your relationship, but it's also something to keep in mind that we want to respect and try to understand our partners as much as possible and not impose ourselves onto them more than we need to. For example, let's say you're planning a trip to Hawaii and you guys have very different ideas of what that should look like. You're thinking sexy bathing suit, massages, exotic cocktails, while your partner envisions backpacking, camping, hiking, physical activity. The key here is to listen to each other and talk about what you want so that you can reach a compromise. Although in some cases, there might never be an agreement. So you may need to think about how extreme some differences are between you and the people that you date or in a relationship with and whether or not this person is someone you will want to keep making compromises and sacrifices for. If you're okay with differences and acknowledge that you are different people, you can be okay with conflicting needs. Conflicting needs does not always equal disaster. But in general, if you're willing to work together to make the relationship work, conflicting needs doesn't always necessarily mean that you have big problems. And last, just because you're angry and there is conflicting needs doesn't mean you can't fight fairly. Here are some ways that can promote better conflict resolution, fighting fairly, and ways to communicate. First, it's important to recognize that in romantic relationships, anger is a normal emotion that arises when we think that our needs are not being met by our partners or when we feel we've been rejected. Here, we think that something is wrong and needs to change. Anger can also show up when we feel hurt or fearful of a threat. For example, maybe you fear that your partner will leave you. This can also be an imaginary threat. It is important to identify the thoughts that we're having, the feelings that we're having, We make the connection between our thoughts and feelings, process the feelings, and then we set up a plan to communicate what's going on with our partner. So it's important to acknowledge our feelings. It's important to recognize that anger is a normal emotion. Uh, Anger might be a sign that we feel like something's not right right now. Maybe a need's not being met. Maybe we feel like we're being rejected, but... It is an opportunity to bring something up with your partner so something can be resolved. So, yes, anger is normal. It can be a tool and it could be something that can help us uh, move on into having a meaningful conflict resolution discussion or compromise or problem solving, right? Second, this is our cue when we're upset by something to think about being assertive and to advocate for our needs and to set the stage for the upcoming talk or discussion. It's important to begin conversation 
coming from a place where you are calm enough to have a conversation. This is called setting the stage, thinking about what's going to happen. If this means that you took the time out to take a few deep breaths, to journal about it, to take a walk, to make sure that you're not angry coming into this discussion, angry in such a way that you're going to yell and not have a productive conversation, um, you know, it's time to, you know, prepare for this argument, calm down, and then come into the argument or discussion. You might also need to keep in mind that if you want to bring up something important, it may be best to wait for a time where you are both not distracted or stressed. If you are the one being approached, you may also ask for some time and ask to get back to the conversation a little later if for some reason somebody catches you off guard or you weren't ready to have a discussion. You can definitely ask for a little time and come back to the conversation later. If you're the one bringing up the the conversation or want to have a discussion, pick a good time. Come into this conversation knowing that you want to talk about something important. Be Be relaxed and calm enough to have a clear discussion and know what your objective your objectives are going into the conversation before you say anything it's important to know what your goal is what your objective is going into this conversation is your objective to create understanding and share your needs and requests or is your objective to yell blame and try to win the argument at all costs. If your objective is not clear, you're much more likely to get lost in your words, yell, or get lost in your anger and create more conflict. Three, seek out understanding. We wanna do this through the use of active listening, the use of empathy, and asking thoughtful questions to see if you've heard each other correctly. When you guys are having a conversation, when you guys are having a discussion, keeping these things in mind, if you're seeking to listen thoughtfully, to be empathetic and put yourselves in the shoes of your partner and to ask questions to make, your, to make sure you're understanding each other correctly, this helps to create connection as well as helps to validate each other's feelings. Seek to create a safe space with the goal of listening as effectively as as you can therefore you increase your chances that you both win and improve your relationship when both of you feel like you have had the chance to share your thoughts and feelings and both of you feel heard and validated you're better able to come up with creative solutions if there's something that you don't understand don't forget to ask thoughtful questions to further clarify any confusion Paraphrasing can also be very helpful to make sure that you are understanding things correctly, such as, I think you said this, did I get that right? So this is another important step. If you seek out to understand each other, if you seek to use active listening skills, to use empathy and to ask questions to make sure that you have heard each other, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing that you can do in order to promote better arguing, better fighting. Four, tool number four, 
or maybe it's a set of tools. Never underestimate the importance of using I statements and sticking to the facts when you're posing what you want to talk about in the beginning. First, what's sticking to the facts? Sticking to the facts when having a discussion or argument means stating plain observations that anyone could agree on, such as, I've noticed that you've been coming home late the last few nights without calling that you'll be late. Or, I've noticed you yelling at your friends a lot and you've been avoiding their calls a few times this week. Stating the facts where many people can agree on the truth reduces the chance that the other person will argue or think that you're assuming or jumping to conclusions. Stating the facts is a helpful tool when having these types of conversations. So stating the facts means sharing what you can observe, what the kids can observe, what the neighbors could observe. What would a fly on the wall see if the volume was down or if they were really paying attention to behavior, right? Or what could be proven in a court of law? What are the facts? So stating the facts is a helpful tool there. With I statements, it is important to take ownership of your thoughts and feelings in order to avoid using blaming language or creating defensiveness in your partner. So using I statements is helpful in this way. Starting your conversations with I statements looks like, hey, I wanted to share some thoughts with you. Lately, I've been noticing A, B, and C, and then I think this is what's going on, and I feel X, Y, and Z. This helps to reduce the chances that your partner feels attacked and makes it more likely that you can get through a discussion together. I statement is a great tool. Sticking to the facts is a great tool. These are uh, two things that you can use to help reduce the chances of somebody feeling attacked and somebody feeling defensive. And that way they're better able to listen to you as well. And you can also extend them the same courtesy as well. Five, another tool. Lastly, remember that you're both trying to work together. Even if it's sometimes hard to have these feelings or these conversations or when you're not able to come up with a clear-cut solution, there will be times that someone may not be able to do what you ask for for personal reasons or because it's not something that that's in a person's capacity to do. But as long as you get to the closest thing that you can both agree on, right? As long as you can find a solution that you can both compromise on and what works for you, you're better off than when you never address the issue. Just because sometimes you don't come to an agreement or, or solve a problem doesn't mean there's problems with the relationship overall. Sometimes there's things that will always be perpetual problems and you both have to realize that these are things that might never be solved. It's not a bad thing, but you have to find a way to cope with it together in a way that makes sense for the both of you. So sometimes even if you have the best conversation using the tips that I've given you, with the best skills and techniques you have 
cultivated to reduce the chances of yelling or being angry or creating misunderstanding like even if you all use all these skills sometimes you will not be able to come to an agreement or to solve a problem but it is important to be able to cope together you are just like everybody else there is no perfect relationship there's just relationships where people try to make things work and where people try to make life more enjoyable. So there you have it. You can learn to be better at fighting and at having conflicts and managing your anger. Having effective communication skills doesn't always mean that you'll never get upset or angry ever again, but it does mean that you won't be afraid or ashamed of expressing your feelings in a healthy way in the future. It does mean that you won't be afraid to share your needs. What can also happen is when you learn to fight in a different way, your partner may also get better at handling conflicts and arguments too. And they may also feel safe enough to share their thoughts and feelings and needs when the time comes. If you both practice these skills and are willing to do so consistently, you will both accomplish a lot. So there you have it. I hope this podcast was helpful. I hope you apply and practice these skills and tips as soon as you can because the more you utilize the things that you learn, the quicker you will see changes in your life. It's not enough to read the books. It's not enough to watch the YouTube videos. It's not enough to just hear podcasts. If you don't do anything about it, you are not going to see the changes that you are looking for. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's kind of quick, kind of to the point, and I hope you like it. If you still need help with your breakup, my coaching focuses on three simple steps to getting over your breakup. And they are one, deciding and committing to get over your breakup, two, reducing desire and attachment to your ex, and three, creating and living your magnificent life. If you need help with stopping toxic dating mistakes, I can help you too. My process focuses on identifying your dating patterns and beliefs, learning how to interrupt these patterns, creating healthy dating strategies, and learning how to be confident in yourself and in knowing what you want. If you're looking for this type of help, I'd love to help you. Set up a one-on-one consult to see how coaching can help you. My focus and goal is to help women get over their breakups and stop making toxic dating and relationship mistakes. My clients have come to rediscover themselves, have increased their confidence and self-love, and have finally decided what they want and how to go after it. And you can too. If you enjoyed this episode or found this episode helpful, please share it and review it. Put the word out. Get these episodes into more people's ears. And if you really, really enjoyed it, please, please review it on the platforms that you are listening to if they're able to receive reviews. If you'd like to learn more about me in life coaching or would like to book a one-on-one consult about coaching services, visit my page www.tracycontreras.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Tracy Contreras Coach for more inspirational tips on relationships and how to get the most out of them. Bye-bye.